Get ready for conflicts where movie reviews collide. Everybody, today I am joined by Nick and Rich, and we're doing something a little different because, in case you live under a rock and don't know, COVID nineteen happened in twenty twenty. <laughs> He's guys. fine. He's Sorry. fine. Sorry, He's guys. fine. I don't it's know. fine. I feel a little under the weather. I hope, I hope, I hope it's fine. Just, it's, just okay. a, it's just allergies. It's okay. fine. Uh, it's yeah. fine. <laughs> I'm Nick's face like, right uh, now is yeah. not amused. I'm like, I'm yeah, that, that that joke fell on deaf ears. It didn't go well. Nick right, did not well. think it was funny. <laughs> but uh, since the beginning of this podcast, we've just been regular people who enjoy going to movies and talking about those movies. And as regular people, we see that the movie industry is drastically changing. So we're just kind of going to talk about what's going on with the accessibility of movies to regular folks and what the world's going to look like going forward for releases and movie theaters and so on and so forth and how that's going to affect the average Joes like us. Yeah, I mean, because so much is on hold. Like, all productions have yeah. pretty much just been... They're starting to start filming again. Yeah, I think they're slowly starting to ramp back up, and I think that will... Uh, you know, much like society, it'll slowly ramp back up. But there is a pretty big just blurb in the middle. And I mean, I'm not an expert on film production, but I know that like that the scheduling is the hardest part. Mm -hmm. So to throw something like this in the middle of it is going to throw all kinds of weird, unexpected delays. Yeah, I, I don't know how it's going to affect when the movie's finished releasing it. Yeah. Most of what is being affected right now, aside from the commercial industry, interestingly enough, the commercial industry is booming right now because everybody, all of these companies are trying to put out uh, COVID-19 friendly advertising mm -hmm. of, you know, encouraging people to stay safe, but making sure that their customers don't forget about them. So the commercial industry is booming. What the issue that's being run into is actually like principal, like filming of things. Editing can be done remotely. You know, so right. so on and so forth. There's so many other aspects that can be taken care of remotely, but the actual filming, you have to have a crew. You have to have the people standing around within six feet of each other to be sure that they're lit properly, that the sound is running correctly, that the cam op is there, that the director is there, so on and so forth. And that's where a lot of the difficulties are coming from is getting things on film to be able to get out. Well, and you know, another aspect of this, especially with the major motion pictures, is so much of it is driven around trying to find these prime release dates. Mm -hmm. You know, so like where we are right now here, we're approaching June. This is prime. Oh yeah, there time. should be a blockbuster every weekend. Yeah, this last month they should have been, I mean, to the point where like there's quite a strategy in picking the right weekend to release is what else might be releasing. Oh, like Marvel it, already had one movie. Well, Black yeah. Widow Black was Widow. supposed yeah. to come out. Yeah. So, I mean, May, the first weekend of May usually starts blockbuster season. So the, yeah, the, this blockbuster season where usually this is the biggest movie time, like we're going to miss that. Mm -hmm. So these all get pushed back. Now they may be re-released at another time, but the scramble to try to re-affect those dates and what was already in those dates, you know, so so many of these places and these these movie houses, they will not only just 
you know, strategize that movie, but then the other movie so that the revenue is all pulling in at certain times. Yeah. And that's just not going to happen anymore. So their entire, you know, overarching strategies are just going to be thrown to the wind. And, you know, we really don't know what it's going to look like coming on the backside. So what will be the new busy weekends? Well, we and here's an interesting, know. here's an interesting question to look at. Is a busy weekend going to even be a thing in the future because there's nothing going to stop the movie industry eventually movies will continue to get made tv shows will continue to get made but will movie theaters still exist for them to premiere in or is that going to become the few and far between and it becomes things like like them going to netflix and or other streaming services or going to hbo max or whatever and then it it changes the world to the point that it is less about when it hits a movie theater and when it starts streaming into your living room. Well, and we were already there before COVID hit, like movie theaters were already struggling yeah, and we were already losing theaters as people moved to more streaming services. And that became, you know, a little less of a thing that market was shrinking already. And then you have this where they have to shut down. So these businesses that were already struggling, we're seeing that in the restaurant industry a lot. I don't know. If, yeah. I mean, I know it's pretty much across the country where we are specifically like we got eats. A lot of restaurants here. Yes. And it's kind of overburdened already or it already had been. Part of it's because it draws from such a large rural area. Everybody comes here on the weekends and, and you know, to, to grab a lot of food. A lot of people work here and grab food on the way home. But, you know, the red re- restaurant industry in town here was always pretty volatile. You know, it, it was difficult to, to get a niche in. You know, it's yeah. like every week there's a new restaurant opening and a new one closing. That was happening before COVID. So, you know, that's an industry that gets hit really hard when you take a month off or two months off. So, you know, a lot of the, a lot of them have already fallen by the wayside. We know of a few that we've lost already, but the movie industry, or sorry, the theater industry was pretty much in the same boat where they were already trending down and mm-hmm. already struggling. And then this hits. So I think the answer is we are going to lose theaters. And indeed we already have not locally, but I know across the country. Yeah, nationally, that's a different story. My hope is that drive-ins make a resurgence like big time because I mean, you're sitting in your own car. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you can safely be distant from yeah. somebody. So it's like you're not, I mean. I'm a little surprised because, you know, there's one not too far from here. Yeah. Um, and I'm surprised. You have to that, wear masks. Do you there? Mm-hmm. I was surprised that it didn't become more of a thing. But Yeah. I'm well, not... they closed it. I don't, I never did understand why. The thing about drive-ins is that weather is a factor. Like, mm-hmm. you know, a, a traditional movie theater, it's a rainy night or it's a stormy night. What are you going to do? Oh, let's go to the movies. You won't be able to hear it. You know, it's the storm's not going to affect us. We can sit in the theater and watch the movie. You know, a drive-in movie, you know, where we live, sometimes it gets stiflingly hot in the summer. You don't want to sit in your car, you know, running the AC the whole time while it's stiflingly hot. Storms, we get tornadoes, you know, middle of winter when it's icy outside, you know, they're closed. Nobody's going to a drive-in. So where we live, drive-ins will never take the place of a conventional theater. Yeah. But... I see we do have because we have an Alamo draft house here and they're part of the generation of I don't know if you could even use the word generation yet, but they're part of the the style of movie theaters that's trying to reinvent the movie going experience Mm -hmm. because what had happened was once upon a time the movies were the fantasy and it was the thing and it was an event to go to movie and then you know through the 90s. And into the early 2000s, you ran into a lot of just really crappy movie theaters. They'd been Mm -hmm. built years ago. They hadn't been kept up. The seats were uncomfortable. They hadn't been remodeled. The floor was sticky because somebody two showings ago spilled their Mountain Dew in the floor or God knows what else was in the floor. And 
So you came into these theaters like Alamo Drafthouse that are like, well, hey, let's reinvent the whole movie going experience and let's offer food and let's give you a table and you can drink while you're here and we'll have a whole bar and all that's well and good. But it comes with a significantly higher overhead It does than a traditional movie theater. And those are the kind of things that they have a chance of a resurgence in the theater going experience if they can survive what's happening in the world well, right now. You know, the... Uh the three uh, Alamo Drafthouse franchises in Arizona already declared bankru- bankruptcy. I like, did not know that. Yeah, there are there are three others. A uh, a franchisee that owned three of them, and they did. Now I I'm on the Facebook group for a local one, and they haven't really said a whole lot. Um, they've been really active mm-hmm. as far as you know, trying to stay connected with the fan base. They've been doing the movie watch parties. Uh, their marketing person is great. The person they have doing it, she she does a has been doing a fantastic job during this shutdown. Um, and they've even put out some surveys. As did you take that survey? Mm-hmm, on? I did. I did too. And I marked no on a lot of that because I, I was like, absolutely. As, as a person who did not take the survey, what kinds of questions were in there? They were looking at like, would you see in a movie under these circumstances and these conditions? Oh, I, I see. And you know, it's one of those where I agree with Nick, where I said no to a lot of them, but I really appreciate the fact that they reached out to people yeah. just to ask the questions. Yeah. Well, and one of them I totally disagreed with. I this is just me, and this is also going to segue into something that I've enjoyed about streaming from home. Right. So I never was a huge Alamo Drafthouse fan because I don't like, I get it. They're serving you food throughout the whole movie. Oh, but you find the very nature of it distracting. But I kept like looking like, oh, what'd they order? Or, oh, what? Uh, Nick's easily distracted. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, oh, crap. It's like, oh, piece of candy. I'm here watching a movie. Or I get stuck next to the people who drank too much. And bought a bottle of wine, and they're just like talking through the whole stupid thing. And you yeah, have to see, I don't, card. I don't tolerate that. Yeah. I'm the first person to like flag, and, and you know, I hate to be the dick, but that's the thing with the draft right. And I will flag you like a motherfucker. Yeah, uh, but then it's like, so one of the questions was, would you come if we did like fifty percent less people in there, mm-hmm. or something like that? And they're like, but you have to order a minimum of like, what was it, twenty dollars worth of food? It was something in the neighborhood. Basically, huh. they're they were looking for a business model that could sustain them Plus and the open tickets. back up. Like, yeah, you had to buy dinner of. in a mm-hmm. movie. But it's like, well, I don't always do that. I'll do popcorn, but I'm not gonna. What am I gonna do? Buy twenty dollars worth of beer and then not be able to yeah. drive home? Uh, but and honestly, I didn't think the food was ever all that. Like, it's not twenty dollars worth. Like. Oh, I don't know. I've had some I, really good food. There, I would, actually. I would argue that their Royale with cheese is the best burger in town. Yeah, well, see, I never did order that because I can't see the food. Like, I already have bad vision as it is, so I'm like, I have to see what I'm doing. See, you, if they open back up, and, and fingers crossed, because I am a big fan, you should go with this again because we've learned all the tricks. First of all, Alamo Draft has their 30 minutes prior. They, the stuff that they put up on screen is fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. So what you do is you get there then and you order. If you're one of the first people in the theater, like, and we learned like you, they'll do the pre-swipe. So you walk in, you order your food, you order your drink, they swipe your card. Mm-hmm. Then your uh, food gets there just about the time that they start doing previews, which okay. gets you enough time to eat a hamburger. And by the time the movie actually gets started, you're done and you're munching on fries is all you're doing. 
So you can just lay back, watch the movie, and then you don't have to like you never have to interact with them again. I've been going See, wrong. But I, this is good advice. Because like I always get there. I got there maybe ten minutes before the movie. I get there like as yeah. the movie's starting. And then it's like I sit there and then the movie's halfway over and I finally no. got my cold ass food. And no, I'm like, Ugh. you you gotta do it early. The other thing that we've told them to do is like we'll order that food and then say ten minutes later bring us a milkshake and go ahead and like set that up from the beginning. And then the milkshake shows up, you know, like twenty minutes into the movie. Which is also nice because then you're not having to go to the bathroom and get rid of that milkshake until oh, right the, the movie is over. Mm-hmm. So like we'll just get a little water to sip on at the beginning because if not, if you start out with that milkshake, you know there's going to be like a halfway through the movie, three quarters way through the movie, you're going to be doing the dance. Yeah. So like we've learned all the tricks, and I love the draft house. Yeah. So you know, I mean, hopefully you'll get a chance to give it a, give it a shot again. But, I don't want them to go out of business. Oh, I don't for want sure. any theater to go out of business. I I mean. I only go to the AMC because I do the twenty dollars a month thing, the where stubs I get, thing yeah, or whatever. the Stubbs A plus member thing, and uh, see, we I, just bought Alamo had just come out with their, with their, their version, path, and, and we, I was debating switching because see, it's we closer got it. to my house. We had it, but like we only got about a month worth out of it before they closed down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, which they were nice enough, like so we haven't had to pay for it during this time. Oh, that's nice. oh yeah, mine's mine's frozen too. They yeah. sent me an email the day that they shut it. Last movie I got got to see in theaters was The Invisible Man. Huh. And it was the day before quarantine happened. Wow. Yeah. In that theater, I'm telling you, it was scary. Like, it was scary. Nobody was in that theater. I did watch Onward. That, poor movie, man. Those poor movies. Like, I, I went and watched both of those, and they got pulled from theaters. Yeah. Because nobody was allowed. Our boss was actually at Universal Studios Ooh. the weekend they shut down. Ooh. So, like, they announced they were shutting down. They're like, we're going to be open Saturday, Sunday, and then we'll be closed Monday. Uh, they were there, and they went ahead and stayed, and then flew back on Monday. And they said it was great. He was sending pictures, like it was. He's like, "There's nobody Ghost here." Ghost town. Yeah, he's like, "There's nobody here." They just walked into everything and did whatever they wanted. And I'm like, "Well, you know, I mean, what the heck?" I mean, that kind of happened for me because uh, whenever I went, I mean, not during a pandemic, but I went during like a school season. <laughs> it's <was> great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, so that sort of like pulls me into the point of why I like streaming at home. I don't have an amazing TV. I don't have a surround. I have a sound bar with the sub, but I don't have like this awesome, like thousands of dollars yeah. worth of sound quality. Uh, but it's been great because it's like, I haven't rented trolls Two yet. <laughs> I will. I'll pay $20 to rent it because I remember a couple years ago, the guy who created Napster was trying to do this. Justin Timberlake. Yeah. <laughs> No, he was trying. <laughs> that was to get, funny. He was trying to create a service to where movies that were in theater you would be able to watch at home and have your own decision. But it's going to cost like so. He created COVID. So he was going to. It was actually going <laughs> to. I don't know if he's new that con- smart. New conspiracy theory. He uh, he, uh, he wanted to charge sixty eight dollars for that movie to rent it at home, and I was like, God dang! But then I was thinking, like, well, that's just for the movie. That's not including like your food. But this has been a wonderful thing because for me. I can pause it, go to the bathroom. I've perfected the art of popcorn. <laughs> it's Ooh, fantastic. That's, that's nice. Yeah. That's nice. I got the different flavor cheese powders put on there. You know, nice. it's great. Uh, I uh, just recently started grilling, you know, mm-hmm. and it's been great. Yeah. So I've been making these awesome dinners and eating dinner, watching a movie that's also, supposed to be in theater. You can wear whatever you want. No pants, no problem. I'm in the most comfy seat. Ever because and in the best seat of the house, in my opinion, because I chose it and I chose to purchase that couch. Easy, Sheldon. So, 
Well, no, I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you got to, like, when you buy it's your yours. ticket. Yeah. yeah, it's mine. It's like, it's formed to my ass cheeks. Like, it's yeah. great. Like, yeah, see, that's been my dirty secret. In this. And we've been fortunate in, you know, I was able to work from home and even my wife was a few days a week. So, you know, we had no income issues and, you know, we've been pretty responsible throughout our lives anyway. But, like, I have to admit, I love the pace. Mm-hmm. You know, because even though I, I still had to work, like, I, you know, you, there's no, there's not the driving and the insane number of distractions. And who was it? Somebody put up the mean early on that we're about to find out how many of these meetings could have been emails. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That alone cut out like hours of my average day right there. Just the fact that there's no bullshit stuff that nobody was bringing up and that we could actually just get the work done, cut hours out of my work day and made the pace so much better. And I, I had to make myself do routine. I got up the same time every day, you know, get the shower, got ready. I may not have put on work clothes, but I went out and, you know, and, and you know, I wasn't in, we're all kind of out of my sweats either. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, but I loved the pace, all the, the number of projects I got done. I got to do all the, the cooking and the baking that I like to do. Uh, you know, so like the pace of life was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I just hated the fact that so many people were, you know, undergoing struggling, hardship yeah. and struggling. I'm like, if we could just bring the whole world back down to this pace and everybody be in good shape, that would be amazing. Because You're not wrong just, there. It was just so, so calming. And, le- and you know, like you say, the streaming, we watched so much more because we had the time. Mm-hmm. And now, I'm also like, I'm with you, Nick. Like, I... I really like I love streaming and it's really interesting um, if it's not out now it will be out soon we have reviewed the movie Lovebirds and we were talking about how this was originally supposed to have a theatrical release I think it was like the end of April Mm -hmm. and then you know all of the movie theaters are closed so the Netflix took it over and if I if I'm honest with myself you know there are not that many movies that I would not prefer to watch at home. Mm-hmm. than to watch in a theater i in no way want the movie theater industry to close down like i love there being a movie theater there that i can go to and there's big releases you know when the mcu movies come out and when star wars movies come out and when you know there are just so many other movies or when alamo runs the classic showings mm-hmm. of like there are movies that i love like i've never seen back to the future on a big screen i want to see back to the future oh, on a big fun. screen mm-hmm. like just i just for the fun of it because i love that movie so much and there's so many things that i do want to see on the big screen but i will be honest in that the majority of movies that come out along the lines of lovebirds i i have no desire to have to oh you know what I was about to say that's actually a really interesting thing? The other thing about streaming that we haven't mentioned is it is on your schedule. Mm-hmm. And that you don't have to wait until the 9.50 showing because you have something going on till 7.30 and that's too late for the 7-whatever showing. And so then you're not going to get out of the theater until after midnight. That's the other thing is when I'm ever or whenever I'm ready to watch this movie... All I have to do is hit the button and the movie starts when I say, not when the theater comes up, says. And if you can pause it and come back to it. Yeah. Even if you just rent it from like Voodoo or Prime or something, you still have 24 hours to watch it. But it also has hurt the film industry in general. Like we have movies that are, I mean, who knows if Tenet's coming out this summer. Uh, oh, who knows? Well, and I, he won't do a stream on it because he specifically said this is pretty much an IMAX experience. See, yeah. we were already at this crisis before COVID. I, I'm going to argue that COVID just accelerated something that was already happening in the movie industry. So uh, here, I'll use this for example. Um, the Irishman. Mm-hmm. You know, this was a movie made for Netflix. And by the way, stellar. I haven't seen it yet. Stellar I haven't cast. seen it yet either. Yeah, we totally need to put that on to, to review. Uh, you know, you know, it's 
you know, Scorsese, Joe Pesci, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, it's got, it's, I mean, it, I almost watched it the other day. Uh, you know, it, it's the all-star movie, but it was built and made for Netflix. But then you run into the problem of, well, now then is it eligible for awards? So they had to do a limited theater run just to make it eligible for awards, mm-hmm. uh, which they did. And then they immediately goes on Netflix because, you know, the movie industry really hasn't switched over to this yet. Uh, so, but part of that is because the movie industry was already suffering this crisis. Mm-hmm. You know, it was already with the streaming services are already so big that people are already starting to put movies directly there, not just shows, but just straight up movies. And you know, that's that was the case. You know, theaters were already closing up. Theaters were already struggling, and that that's all wrapped up in the same thing. All this did was accelerate it by making there be a big pause in the middle of it. So, I think that we will see a lot fewer theaters. I think we will see people embrace so the streaming services more and move towards that. And you're going to see theaters go to more of a cottage industry where things like the draft house become the norm and they add even more services and more ex- experience to it. Mm-hmm. Well, Which, oh, go ahead, oh, Nick. Well, I was going to say like Mulan that was supposed to come out. Oh, and yeah. Disney was like, we're not, we're not going to put it to streaming. I just read an article where they're debating on moving it to streaming because they don't know yeah. if they'll make their money back off of it. Mm-hmm. And another thing I just read, freaking James Cameron, the Avatar movies, mm-hmm. the sequel cost $1 billion. Oh, yeah. Whoa. It's the biggest uh, for the, for like two and three to be made. They're doing back to back. And I'm telling oh, you. combined. Okay. Well, no, I think the second, I think it's like a billion dollars and a billion dollars. Like, I think well, it's like two billion dollars. They're never going to recoup that. Well, <laughs> until Marvel came around freaking how much did the first Avatar movie make which brings me back to my point the first Avatar blows I hate that freaking movie I can't even watch it on television it's Dances Wolves with Blue People I cannot stand <laughs> that freaking movie I have Stupid to confess story. I've never seen that movie you're not missing anything which one Dances with the Wolves or Avatar, Avatar. I've seen Dances Avatar with Wolves Avatar blows the only thing that blew my mind was that it came out in theaters during the first of like 3D and it did like some awesome 3D like rendering. So it did great. I read like this, like what the story is supposed to be about the sequel. And I'm like, I do not care. I could care less. Like, I hope this movie flops. Like, I cannot stand it because you don't deserve it. I mean, I'm not right. saying that he doesn't deserve it, but it's like the first one was okay. And it, I am so glad that Marvel beat it. <laughs> so like. Well, you know, and I'm looking forward to that to a certain degree because what the streaming services have done for us is they have a little bit of a resurgence of the artistic factor because they don't always have the huge budgets. Mm-hmm. So some of these people have to go back on just like filmmaking technique mm-hmm. to try to make a good story and a good movie without necessarily blowing the budget. Because unfortunately, one of the things that did happen, and, and Marvel, you know, I love you guys, but you, they're one of the primary drivers of this, is it became throw lots of money at it, have these huge productions, have mm-hmm. these huge movies, and we're going to reap in huge rewards for it. Mm-hmm. But there is definitely a place for movies to not have to have that process and that cycle. I know we recently re- uh, reviewed Parasite, and it didn't have a huge budget. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always a lot of these good movies that that do. And, I, you know, we can get back to that to a certain degree, and the streaming services are definitely trying to figure out where that line is. But I don't think that throwing move, you know, money at a movie production necessarily makes it good. Well, oh, yeah. and streaming existing creates a whole new avenue for up-and-coming filmmakers because not so many years ago, there was nothing you could do. People would make these things that ultimately just became a passion project that would go nowhere because no 
studio was going to pick them up and there was no option for a theatrical release. And the best you could hope for was maybe to hit like a a rash of uh, film festivals and get a word of mouth kind of thing going. But that was such a long shot. It was like a one in a million. It was like winning the lottery. But now streaming being a thing, people can make these movies on just micro budgets that have a platform and the potential to reach the world and launch people's careers. But you flip that coin. And if we end up losing movie theaters and it does become a cottage industry, then what's going to happen is the the movie going experience is going to become like so many other things that is only accessible to people in major metropolitan areas. You know, New York's never going to not have movie theaters. LA is never going to not have movie theaters. Chicago, Miami, San Francisco, you know, all of these big cities, they'll always have a movie theater. So there's always going to be a theater going experience. But, you know, here in the Midwest, 20 years from now, is a kid going to know what it means to go sit in a movie theater? Or is that going to be an experience that they will no longer be available to them? You know, I, I joke with my, my kids. I'll say, I'm I'm so old, I remember when YouTube didn't have ads. <laughs> um, you know, it's actually, I'm older than that even. But, uh, you know, the, the joke is, you know, if you'd asked us then uh, if people will ever make a living off of making YouTube videos, we'd have laughed at you. And oh, now, there, yeah. now there are a ton of people who make a living of making YouTube videos. So this idea that, you know, that that wouldn't be a thing for streaming services, I think, is naive. I think Lulu is absolutely right that you will see that industry shift that way to where people now have uh, avenues to put their stuff out there. Um, you know, you're not reliant on the movie industry picking it up to begin with. Uh, you know, what I don't know is how long will they resist that? I mean, look at... Um, Look at the broadcast industry as it is. You know, if you'd asked me, you know, five years ago, I'd have said cable's on its way out, but cable's still doing strong. I mean, there's still a lot of people cutting the cord, but it's not about to collapse and mm-hmm. go away at any moment. No. They're fighting that tooth and nail to the very bitter end. And I think, you know, the Hollywood mechanism will as well. I think they're just fighting a losing battle. And it's like I like to point out, um, you know, one of the first in one of the first two big names to rally against Amazon way back in the day when it was a thing that said it'll never work and you shouldn't invest in it were Sears and JC Penney's. Oh. Who at the time were like the biggest names and to the biggest, you know. That's some poetic irony right there. No, they did. And they very much fought against it and they came out and basically told everybody that you should, that this, this business model does not work. And now Amazon is huge and, well, I mean, Sears really doesn't exist anymore and JC Penney's isn't far behind. You know, these used to be icons these used to be the biggest people in the industry and now they're almost gone and it's all because they did not see the writing on the wall and i think that's what we're looking at here Mm -hmm. that that it's changing and it's going to happen i just don't know how long it'll take because there are going to be people who fight it too right well honestly a billion dollars for a movie is ridiculous oh it's insane there are starving people in the world right now and you're spending one billion dollars on your movie don't get me wrong i love a big budget movie i've been there opening days for marvel movies and star wars movies and so on and so forth but my god that's excessive like at the end of the day though you're right how they're they're going to try and ride on the success that this movie cost a billion dollars come see it and it's going to blow your mind and it's like uh, you say that there's a a factoid that i think is funny is that there is more or there's more money being passed around in the video game industry than in Hollywood. oh yeah there is yeah. yeah That that is that is a much bigger industry at this point in time, mm-hmm. which now, you know, a 1980s me would have just been gleeful at the idea that that was going to happen. But here we are. So it's awesome. Even the video games, 
man, the first week of freaking lockdown, that's what you would call it. I don't know. It's not the purge, <laughs> but like, uh, it is the purge. We're just being purged by a but, virus. But, uh, I mean, the massive sales for digital downloads on video games, insane. Like, it was crazy. Like, you get them for next to nothing. Like, so I had a funny one there. Um, I had a, a buddy that was, he was working on starting up a, an online, or a, we're going to use like Roll20, he's going to do an RPG. And this was in the works before this all happened. But um, he had a, had a little hang up so, with a work thing. So we, we waited a month to start it. And then there, that got to be locked down uh, right about then. So I hadn't had a chance to really do much with it. And um, as I went on to try it for the first time, I realized that like my webcam is ancient. Mm -hmm. for my pc it's like this this thing is old and the video is really shitty I'm like man i really need to just go ahead and upgrade this webcam so you know here i hop on over to amazon i'm like i'm just gonna buy a new webcam and no i'm not no because <laughs> every webcam in the world had been bought out by that point and it never occurred to me that that would be the thing but everybody's switching to having to go home um they had to get a good webcam for their Zoom meetings. Webcams, headsets, mm -hmm. laptops, you name it. It was hard to get. Yeah, I mean, I had everything else. I just, and So I had to just deal with this old webcam for a while. And it worked. It was just, you know, it was really crappy video quality. I actually just now got a, a better one. Yeah. I just finished up my college uh, career online. Yeah. It sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I have another friend that he he works for the local university here and teaches classes, and they had to go fully online. And you know, I think he pretty much enjoyed the experience, other than like they weren't prepared for it. Yeah, so the, yeah. The, if they had everybody been prepared, um, Chris, he, he'd also tell you that, uh, and I know this because he mentioned it last time uh, I was chatting with him that it did make it a struggle for students because like there were several students that just simply quit responding to things, so he doesn't know if they're. <laughs> He's like, well, I don't know if they dropped out or if they're just going to end up failing the class. But, you know, that they don't, you know, you can't look to see if they're in class if they just never respond to your emails and yeah. never do the things. Yeah. Um, he said that 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 rate increased. Well, it's really interesting because with everything going on in the world today, you know, it's all bizarrely reminiscent of 9-11 in that it's one event that is affecting the entire world. Uh, and is going to alter our lives from here on out. So I was actually, I, I mean, I, I was never scared, scared, I guess you would say, during this whole pandemic. Uh-huh. But I was actually more nervous slash scared during this than I was during 9-11 because I didn't live in New York. Okay, so from my own information... Um, and I guess for the listeners too, how old were you guys that went 9 11? I was in high school, I was in eighth grade. Ninth okay, grade. uh, yeah, I mean, because I, I mean, I had children of my own by that point, yeah. uh, so I was just kind of curious as to uh, you know the different. Oh, I was in history class, it was my second class of the day. I still drastically, I mean, I will never forget that day because they had just put TVs in all the classrooms mm -hmm. and um, they had also put phone like telephones in all of the classrooms and all of the phones started ringing and everybody was telling people to turn the tvs on and it was right before the se uh, the plane hit the second tower and so i saw all of the footage from and i will never forget that day but it's interesting because here we are nearly 20 years later after that day and we're still seeing the ramifications of how the world changed and how it didn't go back to how it was before and i think that you know, 
20 years from now, we will still be seeing the ramifications of how this has changed the world and how we interact. And this will be the impetus of like, oh, well, that was before 2020. That was before COVID-19. And ever since then, it never went back in the world. And I think the movie industry is just like so many other things and that we won't know until it's all said and done, but it's going to forever be altered by what's going on in the world. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what it was. It was recently here. I was watching, there was some old movie on and um, they has the the scene, you know, where they run to the, the window as the airplane is pulling away mm-hmm. and it's the, don't go. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those scenes that it's an, it's an anachronism now because, you know, you can't run to the... Yeah, you can't the, go the past security. And, you know, but that used to be such an iconic movie scene, you know, where they're running through the airport trying to, to tell them not to get on the plane, you know, those kind of or, things. Or, yeah, the romantic... Mm-hmm. whatever crescendo at the end of a movie i did a lot of international travel as a child and there was never a time that there were not people at the gate to meet us like mm-hmm. that was just part of it was like people met you at the gate not anymore yeah uh actually i just read where tsa is not letting they won't let you put your wallet and your keys and your phone in one of those buckets because it's unsanitary now how they're gonna check your stuff well now you have to hold it i guess and go through the little x-ray thing or whatever I don't know. It's all gotten much more invasive, but I mean, it's going to be a while before all of this shakes out and we see how the world has changed. I mean, honestly, I haven't flown. I uh, uh, Bailey's cousin did. She had to wear a mask the whole time. Um, Take it off. A mutual friend of ours, of Lulu and I, flew in the middle of uh, the pandemic, and I mean, he basically said that having to wear a mask it went fine. Like another little odd little thing, not necessarily related to COVID, but I just actually uh, had to upgrade my driver's license. So mine's now the real ID. Our state was one of the holdouts and not complying. And then now they're finally forced to comply. Um, you know, so my my new driver's license now is the real ID so I can fly with it. Uh, oh, fancy. Oh, yeah, let me see that thing. Uh, it actually doesn't really look different. <laughs> Let's look at visuals just, on a podcast. It just has oh. the little thingy up in the corner. Of course, I had a passport, so it was never yeah. really a big concern for mine. Same thing. It just has a star. Well, you have to, it's the, it's the documentation you have to take in to get it. I had, there's like a whole list of things you have to bring in. Really? uh, To build. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't super difficult, but like, you know, you have to have your uh, social security card, your birth to give it like three different proofs of, uh, of residency. Um, that sucks. And I, I mean, I had all that. Then the thing that helps, like already having a passport help, because that covered like three of the things that you had to do. And they're like, or a passport or a passport or a passport. I'm like, okay, well that covers number of things off the list the only thing that sucked for me is like uh, my birthday's early april so the dmvs were all shut down oh, that does suck and you know it wasn't a big deal because they they did they they said uh, you know there's an extension but i'm like i'm walking around with an expired license and i was just waiting for that moment somebody's like um it's expired and i'm like the dm so but i did actually <laughs> go and which interestingly enough the the employees of the dmv weren't wearing masks uh well if anybody's not gonna wear a mask they're probably welcoming mm-hmm. death they work at the dmv well they did let they were letting you in like you know like you couldn't come inside the six the feet apart and... well no like see they made you wait six feet apart on the hall i went to the one where we have downtown here which oh, like in the big building yeah. so like they queued you outside six feet apart and had somebody at the door and they had like the three stations mm-hmm. and there you could only get, go to that station and when somebody left from the station then they would let another person in it still is so weird like seeing i it's weird to adjust my head around like everybody in masks six feet apart <laughs> yeah taking temperatures outside like. my wife says she loves it because she doesn't have to fake smile at people now that is nice <laughs> nobody can see your face i don't know if the mics picked up on that but that was my stomach growling 
So I do think that that might be the universe telling us to wrap it up, everybody. Oh, Lulu's hungry. Let's, <laughs> let's, All right. let's go. All right. Well, hope everybody is safe and sound yes. And, yes. And, and hope nobody uh, had too, much, too many troubles or too much yes. hardship. We hope you are doing well through this time. Happy thoughts. Yes, to all of you. And good vibes. And goodbye. Bye. <laughs>